Solar Insights Podcast. My name is Eric Starr. We got Seth Parnow here of The Athletic. He's now there after spending several years with the Bucks. Um, how are you doing, Seth? Doing pretty well. Thanks for having me. I'm very glad, excited to have you. We have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, we got Booker, we got Suns, Bucks. The Suns just played the Bucks, so that's a whole th- fun thing. Uh, but now you're at The Athletic and we're able to uh, kind of dissect some of the stuff, talk some statistics, talk some basketball. It's uh, in the swing of things. We're getting here to the all-star break. Lots of fun stuff to break down. Uh, so what has been, we'll start us off simple. I guess very simply, do you think Devin Booker was snubbed? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, short version. Short version yes. is yes. Okay. Um, so I, I broke down actually some of the stuff. Uh, what do you think? Obviously, people, when, when, when we say somebody is snubbed, the number one thing that I would say smart analysts say is, who do you need to have them in over? Uh, I have a list of uh, three. I guess we'll take the one that is more obvious out of the way. Um, front court, back court, whatever it means. Devin Booker should have gone over Brandon Ingram, but that's a rule that's in place, so we're not going to worry about that, even though the case is much stronger for Booker than Ingram. The ones with the guards is a little bit more iffy. I think that's what we'll spend most of our time. Do you agree? Yeah, no, I think I mean I think the clear uh, one is, is Russell Westbrook, who kind of a combination of of reputation and a strong last couple of weeks before the all-star break when he had kind of had a pretty rough season up until up until that point i think that's that 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 would that's the obvious one yeah but, I, to me, I, but to be honest it's like i think it's it also i want to say it's it's he's gonna get in like luca's probably not gonna play mm-hmm. uh so he's gonna I, he has to be the the first name on the on the on like the the additions list so i I think that you know it's one of those things where you don't want to get too silly talking about how much disrespect it is yeah blah blah blah. for me it's more it's not about maybe the disrespect but i mean it's and kind of it it, in one sense it's legacy stuff right if 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 we if don't people don't get in when they should and we talk about they only won this they only went to this many all-star games it's if that was not as much about legacy it would probably change the perception around the game itself. And with some of these maybe in-season tournaments and things, maybe things are going to um, go down the road. And if it becomes only about rings, that's a whole different problem. Uh, the reason I was saying about the between the four or five of them is that I pulled up the numbers here. Um, West, Westbrook is the closest to the county numbers there, 26.4 to the Booker's 26.8. Um, obviously, Westbrook is able to easily play with Harden, whereas Booker doesn't quite get that luxury. Um, the funny one was interesting is Chris Paul in terms of uh, is close as well due to but his like his points are way below seventeen point one here. But I was looking at the advanced statistics as well, and the um, <laughs> this is kind of funny with the West Westbrook offensive box plus minus Booker's at a four and West Westbrook's at a point nine. I was like, I cannot believe how different that is. Yeah, and that's actually a stat that that in the past Westbrook has kind of broken. Mm. Um, they, they've you know box plus minus is, is a stat that that uh, for for uh, short version is it's a stat that's sort of built on a long range long term regression of of box score stats on on multi year uh, regression stats. Mm. And one of the things that it found to be very valuable was the uh, the interaction of rebounds and assists so players mm, gotcha. who did both uh were good yeah uh, and just because of you know once russ became like triple double guy uh he kind of broke that stat in a way uh that that um it just wasn't set up to 
account for a guy who is hoovering up like every available free throw rebound and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so these are, you know, the, as we've gotten more into tracking data uh, and stuff like that, we've learned that about 55 to 60 percent of of rebounds in the NBA game are are just rebounds that the defense ends up with. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the offense isn't close to the offense uh, kind of concedes and runs back on defense. Yeah. And you can almost you can almost pick and choose who gets the bulk of those rebounds mm-hmm. as a, as a defensive team. And you know, accumulating those isn't necessarily adding much yeah, yeah, value. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the team getting the rebound is good, but you know, each it, one player grabbing a, a boatload of those isn't necessarily indicating he's helping and Westbrook is kind of the, uh, in many ways has been the poster child for that a little bit and then he gets all these assists because he always has the ball and so <laughs> has these outlandish box plus and minus numbers yeah. that are you know the best the best seasons of all time which I don't think is I, I don't think is defensible so given his yeah, overall for, efficiency absolutely I mean I'm looking at also um, like win shares 0.146 to 0.106. I mean, for someone for a team that's way better, that's kind of ridiculous, I think. Um, and then like he has a higher usage rate than Booker, but less po- less points and less everything else. Um, really, the true shooting percentage there is looking at as well. Uh, Booker's is the best of this group. It's the only one in the in the 60s, or his 0. 0.6 0.631, and the rest are under under that. Um, in, in terms of that, so it's really interesting to see that. The, my also also looking at how. So, do you think that he should have gone in? Booker should or quote unquote should have gone in over all the guys, some of the guys. Because I got Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, as well. Um, I so I you know I kind of take a uh, somewhat of a mix of an approach in where I'm factoring individual kind of. Um, like I don't. I, first of all, I don't have a vote, yeah. so this is you know, purely an intellectual exercise. Uh, but I, I factor in kind of what a player's done individually, and kind of cross that with level of team success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the worse your team is, kind of the better spot you are to put up kind of silly stats. Yeah, and some of the impact metrics take account for that, but some even in those, like you can show up pretty well in those by just having a really bad backup. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the fact that the Suns have been, you know, frisky this year, and Booker is, uh, you know, playing a, I think, a more winning style offensively, uh, and that includes, yeah, his usage is down a little bit, but his efficiency is way up, yeah. um, and and he's kind of finding ways to to be super involved in the offense, even though, you know, the ball has been out of his hands much more this year than in past years. Uh, you know, largely they yeah, the addition of Ricky Rubio as a real point guard, the first one he's played with, perhaps uh, in his career. Yeah, ever. I mean, um, I don't know if you count Bledsoe as one. I mean, that I mean, as you know, as a you know rookie and and, and a touch, you know, was three games yeah. as a you know in in his in, it was his second or third year when uh, yeah. when 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 Eric decided to uh, when when he went to that when he went to the salon and yeah, decided he so didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And which which makes it all the worst when I see in the Bucks Suns game that he walked into three three pointers because he can only hit them if he's walking into them. He can't do anything else, and of course he makes them. Anyway, that game was. I mean, the that game was funny because I love Giannis, and almost he's one been one of my favorite players. And for me, I love shooting like just pure shots because I'm kind of a shot 
like I have a basketball business and I teach shooting. And so he's the only player that can't shoot that I love so much. And just it's, he defies physics and I just love it about him, but it was just brutal with all the threes that they shot and how well, how well Giannis played in Middleton as well. And then the Lopez brothers just, just being giant and Aiton really not knowing how to deal with him all the time. Yeah, no, that, 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 I mean, that was, you know, the, the Bucks are pretty good this year. Also, um, the Suns are missing six players right now. Yeah, that, that didn't that didn't help. You know, being without uh, being without uh, Rubio and Baines, and and having a uh, having a big guy who is an offensive threat uh, in kind of uh, either at the rim or from three, kind of a little bit more than Aiton is at this point, mm-hmm. is kind of important yeah. against the, the low the, the low pie. Yeah, um, for sure, and it's it's just funny because like. It's the Suns already had a problem when they're healthy with depth, and then you lose all your depth and you keep your yeah. good players. And your well, depth's even more of a problem now. They're playing G League players at, the, at the, all the spots, and they have no shooting. So that's why they're looking probably looking at Canard and everything else, um, yeah. seeing what to do. Um, so I have that. The Suns, the Suns have been really. I mean, they've spent what like I think they've had two games with a fully healthy roster, maybe. I think I think they had one game, maybe. Then Kaminsky got hurt. Obviously, Kaminsky's not the main stud here, but right, right. they've lost. I mean, where they lost two or three games of Booker. Um, well, just the twenty-five games of eight. Well, yeah, and then, then he got injured with his knee after that for six yeah. more. So Rubio's missed. I don't know, probably ten. Bates have missed like twenty. Like there's just they haven't had continuity. They've been playing pretty well. I mean, they have they have more wins than last year already, and it's not even the All Star break. There's like there what thirty four games left. Um, and uh, so they have a chance to go do much better. And it's interesting because as the team grows, I don't know, here's a, here's a question. I've asked this question on the podcast a bunch, and I think now is an interesting time to say it. How, in terms of rebuilding, you have to rebuild a team. Uh, I feel like people keep telling me, people who don't know what they're talking about usually, uh, are telling me that you have to bottom out, right? That the Suns should still bottom out because they're terrible. I'm like, I don't think so. You have to be decent in order to get free agents and you have to be decent to teach your players how to win what do you think um i think there's not a one-size-fits-all answer Mm. there's depending on where you are with your roster and your draft assets and and contract situation going forward sometimes just okay tear it all down and start from scratch is the best way to go sometimes you're in a situation where that's like you're that's more trouble than it's worth. Mm. Uh, where and and you know sometimes you're already on the upswing a little bit. And I don't think the Suns have done kind of. Uh, I, I don't think that they've maximized their assets on that's their way sure. back up. But you know they're in they they they're, they could be in worse shape. They could certainly be in worse shape. And the funny thing is that they're still the youngest team in the league. At least they were at the beginning of the year. Um, and which is kind of incredible considering that they, people thought they brought in all these veterans, and they did, but they're still an extremely young team um, who's still on the upswing, still learning things. In terms of that, I just always think like the way to continue to add players, like someone was were tweeting about, okay, we want to optimize assets. I was tweeting about this, I think, yesterday. Uh, it's like it's important to optimize assets, but at this point, like the Suns should not be drafting in the first round. You need to use those to, to, to get depth and quality and big players that uh, already... I, think it's, I think that's a little premature. I think if you are, once you're at the point where, like, okay, we're pretty sure we're going to be a second round plus playoff team, mm-hmm. that's about when, like, you, you, 
you want to, I would say you'd want to be turning your, mm. your picks into players uh, as, as often as possible, like players who contribute now as often as possible. I don't think the Suns are, the Suns aren't there yet where they, Definitely not. they, yeah, they're not they there can't, they, they, they shouldn't be in a situation where they're, you know, looking for uh, some possibilities to hit, you know, to get another, you know, whatever we think, you know, wherever we think Booker is, he's a top 40, top 30, top 20 player somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'd be in, in, in my mind, I tier him probably in the thirties a little bit, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's a good spot to start. Uh, but you need, you need, you know, unless you have like a top five guy, which I think, I don't think anyone's going to say that that's where he is or is likely to end up. Mm-hmm. Then you need multiple of those guys in that range. And kind of the best way to get them is still for most teams is still either the draft or having enough young assets that when one, uh, you know, whether it's obviously it's a weird positional fit, but if say, you know, a year from now, the, the wizards are not progressing and Bradley Beal's like, nah, I'm out of here. Being in a situation where you have, you know, some interesting young guys, some future draft assets, some guys on good contracts that makes, you know, Washington. Okay. Well, we're going to start our rebuild now mm-hmm. uh, and it makes it enticing for them. So I think it's, you know, for a team that hasn't made the playoffs, I think, uh, I think it's too early to go go for the vets. Yeah, I um, guess. I think yeah. there's there's value in in having vets. I think you know Rubio and Baines, and to a lesser extent, probably Sharich and, and Kaminsky have helped them play like more of a real basketball team this year. And I think that's been super valuable. I think that's been a, a sort of an underrated aspect to Booker being in a situation. Where he's he's been a, a dynamic but not indulgent scorer, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, and he could be. I mean, he averaged what is it, thirty points a game for all of January, thirty one, and it, it, he can get it done, right? The, and I, I I I mean, obviously, I've watched I think nearly every single game Booker's played, um, in his career, um, and he I would say he is a the fifteenth best player in the league, but can't show it almost. Right until he, like, if he played with some of the, these, he played on the Jazz. Really, um, if he played on some of these other teams, he would definitely people would know that and see that. Um, and not, he's getting the most of the wins, which is why his win shares is so high, right? Um, comparatively, um, he still has a lot to work on, still, right? But his, uh, I'm curious here. And this maybe shifts us to, and we'll obviously bounce to other things, but to defense. Uh, I've noticed uh, last year's defense got from truly terrible to only sometimes terrible and to i would i would characterize this year as now average um at or slightly above the level stuff is out where it's i am not a liability i can sometimes be helpful though i'm not always i'm not above average not a lot on defender but good consistently what would you characterize it as um, I think that the best thing you can say is probably that he, the the effort and focus is there more consistently. I don't think the the impact isn't quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think you know Steph. Uh, Steph has always kind of been an underrated kind of team defender because of his 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 nose for the ball, whether that's helping with rebounding or playing passing lanes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I don't think I don't think Booker quite is there yet. Um, and some of it is he still asked to do so much, yeah. uh, offensively that, yeah, uh, um, the, 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 um, 
the, the energy level it takes to 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 be that uh, that 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 dominant offensive player is such that you're not going to expect him to to lock in defensively on every possession. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe that's the kind of thing as the team gets better, his impact might show up better because he's he's sharing the load on offense a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I and mean, part of it's that really only. Two players on the whole entire team can play, or two, three players, including including him. Ubre can, at time to time, more of a um, self play like playmaker in terms of making doing something with the ball himself. Rubio doing it for other people are the only ones that can do it other than him. Um, so there's if <laughs> so the way they're the way they're segmenting it is is they all start and then Ubre comes out early and then Rubio comes out a little bit after that and then Booker comes out end of the first. And they, then Rubio and Ubre come back in pretty soon after that, so they only play about two or three minutes without any of them, or maybe even none. Um, which is funny because then Booker has to do the work when he's there uh, for quite some time. Yeah, that, that's I think I think that's right. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Uh, uh, but again, to to I would say that that you know you look at some of the more the the impact based metrics and and Booker still I think showing up as a a below average defender mm. and um you know that's it's better than being you know one of the the worst defenders in the league like you look at you know for example guys kind of similarly dominant scores on worst teams you know Brad Beal Trey Young like those you know from depending on what uh, what metric you want to use those might those are are the two most negative defensive players in the league this year um and so that you know that's some them some situation so as the situation improves, he might might get uh, he might again show up better there. Yeah. So overall, for maybe not just Sun stuff, but how do you determine or how do you quantify in any way defensive impact versus defensive numbers because it is not a counting stat thing, really? So zooming way out, big picture, yeah. it's it's hard because you're really at uh, defense. You, you know. When you really think about defense, defense is not a counting stat. It's sort of the absence of good things happening the other way. Yeah. So, how do you quantify who's causing absence? Mm-hmm. And that's that's really tough. I mean, some of the the better metrics are all these these sort of more inferential based uh, techniques where you know it's a big regression and you you know you throw every player in the league in there and oh well when this guy's on the court the other team. You know, controlling for who's playing full, uh, with and against, uh, they, they the other team scores less. Okay, mm-hmm. that gets you some way, but it doesn't tell you why. And yeah. it's also you know across samples of less than about three or five seasons, it's super messy. So yeah. it's kind of a directional indicator. So like um, for instance, like I know Mikhail Bridges is a good defender, like a really good one. Um, but then the question is, but you don't, no one like. A non-Suns fan like wouldn't know that, right? Or do, how much would you say about that? I don't know, you would probably know, but other people who aren't writers per se would know that Mikhail is a good defender. Um, I so I think he. I mean, he's an interesting case because he. There are guys of similar. You look at the physical profile, and mm-hmm. you know he's 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 you know six seven and has arms forever and and moves pretty well so you know it's the it's the andrew wiggins thing like oh he's got all the tools to be a great defender uh but if it's a question of does he like know how to use those tools and put them to good use and and i would say for bridges he he does i uh, probably could serve i think getting a little stronger will probably for sure oh my gosh will, 
will, will, will probably help on that. But like he also, I mean, he looks like an octopus out there. So <laughs> <laughs> there's they were just like his arms. So that's yeah. you know you can you can kind of see that impact, but it's also again that's very dangerous because you're you're you know you're looking at just um, uh, steals, right? You know. Well, kind of just steals or just the things you notice and a lot of defensive value is necessarily stuff you don't even notice like if you're watching a game and you see a guy make a great closeout and like shut a guy down it's like oh look at that play you look how it but really better defense would have been to be you know sitting in the guy's lap when he caught the ball okay and that's just something you're not you just don't notice that because there's no movement for your eye to catch and the funny and so thing that's is, that yeah I totally agree with that. I mean, for instance, before when Agent was suspended, right? Uh, Baines is not tall enough, really, and Kaminsky is, and Saric are just not good defenders whatsoever. Uh, really, it's about movement for them. Both of them, they just can't move laterally at all to stop the pick and roll. But as soon as Agent got back on the floor, because he's athletic enough, he was able to, even when not doing his verticality as well as he should, he's just a big person. <laughs> and you would wa- you would see people continue to throw up worse shots than they could even possibly do when he wasn't on the court and other things happen. Um, so it was interesting to see uh, again, like you, like you've noticed, like when Gobert is in the lane, right? Just no one wants to drive. Uh, it's more about the absence of things happening, even maybe changing the shot profile of a team when the person's on the court. Yeah, no, that's right. It's, it's, and those are hard. Yeah. You can see the shots he alters, but it's hard to notice unless you're really paying attention the shots the other team just doesn't take yeah. the times a, a guard sort of has an angle on a, on a, like a, like a ball screen mm-hmm. and takes one dribble and just kind of levels off and dribbles back out because, Oh no, that's Rudy. I'm not going in there. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you have to, you have to be really intently watching to see that and to notice that, man, that's happening frequently. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're, you're better off kind of going at this point, at least going to some more, like I say, some of these more, uh, impact-based statistics. Now, for for big guys, you can, you can look at you know rim defense numbers because yeah. those tend to you know the ability to contest shots frequently and well at the rim does tend to correlate with also not allowing a lot of shots at the rim. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not perfect. Like a, you know a guy like Hassan Whiteside will block a lot of shots, uh, but he also like chases blocks to get himself out of position yeah, to the point not, where yeah. he's not. You know, sealing the paint off as well as mm-hmm. you know a Gobert or a Brook Lopez. Who, yeah. You know, challenge a bunch of shots, block shots, force misses, and also keep themselves in position to not you know give up, you know, not sell out on a driver. Yeah. So that like his guy gets an easy dump off or something. Yeah, like that. and that's Ata doesn't do that all the time, and he doesn't box out when he should because he's like wishing he could high point it. Um. Uh. But the just side note: the person who can high point it is Ubre. His rebounding is so fun to watch. Anyway, because he goes up above the rim and just grabs it with one hand, it's fantastic. Anyway, what do you think of I? So I can I would say Aiton has slightly regressed offensively. It seems like and done pretty big improvement defensively from his rookie year. What would you? How would you characterize it? Um, I got. I have to be honest. I didn't see a ton of him last year, okay. so I don't. I. I. I you know. Uh, I don't want to make make it sound like I'm. I'm a. I'm an expert on 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 what uh, on, on how he's he's progressed. I think um, it's you know it's uh, part of it is also he's he's played 
so relatively little this year. Yeah. It's really hard to it's really hard to say. That's true. Um, I think um, in in general, uh, also comparing to a guy's rookie year is tough because yeah. rookies tend to be bad. And, and a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, and and because of how a lot of these uh, a lot of these impact metrics are calculated, it it kind of penalizes rookies by assuming they're bad mm. and makes them work really hard to show up better than that. So comparing a guy's first and second year, oh, he's gotten a lot better, or he's just in the league in second year. So it's 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 it, the kind of the methodology is being a little kinder to him. I mean, from that, I haven't really looked at the stats on it. It's more of yeah. what I'm watching. Um, like for instance, I'll give you some of that on watching. Uh, he's well. Part of it is that he's so much he can able to he move laterally so well that it just it really stands out compared to everybody else on the team, um, pretty much uh, except for maybe the like the Ubre Bridges types because he can just move and it is fantastic. Um, he's also his verticality certainly is better in the sense that he's not going to just come down. He's going to stay high and go, challenge people. Um, he does sometimes get uh, out. Um, he he does contest pretty well. He does this weird thing though when he contests that as soon as the person shoots, he looks towards the rim to see if it went in or something, um, which is really throws me off every time uh, because he just it closes out better, closes out correctly. Um, stop looking at the rim. Um, but he does do that pretty well. He obviously moves laterally in ball screens and 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 hedging. Uh, even last year, I mean, he had a great stretch two back-to-back games where he defended LeBron and Giannis in back-to-back games very well, both Suns wins, right when uh, uh, Oubre got there uh, last year. And it really it really shows some good stuff there. He's able to be, the verticality is pretty good, and he's just able to crowd the paint a little bit better. Um, he's able to, buy, he gets the rebounds, but if he boxed out, he could get 15 a game. Easy. No, I think the like the physical profile is certainly is certainly there, um, and and I like I would agree that he's. Uh, there are times, you know, again by limited observation last year where he was, and this is part of why rookies tend to be bad is he was lost because mm-hmm. the the speed and complexity of the NBA game is so much, is, is so much higher than the college game, and so you know especially for a guy who is you know the quarterback or the point guard of a defense usually, which is the center. Um, it's just coming at you too fast, so he wasn't he just wasn't ready for it last year, and and that's probably improved a little bit this year. Um, I do think he he's another guy who I think could probably uh, serve to get this is you know given his profile coming in, this is going to sound like a funny thing to say, but having just kind of watched him get get frankly bullied a little bit by the Bucks, uh, oh, I think that 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 he so can uh, he can probably get a little stronger, and that'll be. That'll serve him well, both in terms of his verticality and and kind of uh, you know holding position and 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 denying inside position to opponents. And yet, the funny thing is, four games ago against the Mavs, where the Suns almost won by forty before they put their they they gave, they gave up and put their third string people in, Aiton had what he have a thirty and twenty game or something like that, thirty fifteen. Um, he was dominant in that game, pushing every pushing Porzingis and everyone else around. Like they're children. I mean, that, I mean, that, but that, that that shows like the on the scale of like tall guys who are yeah. who, who play with with kind of force. Like Przingis is on one end, and He's, and and, exactly. the low, and, the, and and Brooke Lopez and and Giannis are are sort of on the other end. Which makes and it so interesting it, that he's in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, and so it, it it but to be kind of where the Suns would like him to to be, where they kind of need him to be, 
uh, almost is is that he needs to move more towards that end. He needs to be Shaq. Yeah, well, I you know I don't think I don't think he, he that's nobody's gonna be Shaq. Okay, 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 that makes sense. Um, so I'm gonna go. With the, I'm gonna see what you think of my my only hot take I've probably ever had um, in basketball land, and we'll see what you think of it. Um, this kind of right on dovetails perfectly in here. I have said, and let's see if you gasp or something, that there is a chance that Aiton is a better overall player than Embiid when it's all said and done. What do you think? That is a, that is a take. Yeah, it is a take. <laughs> I know. The reason I think That's... that is because he's getting better now. Uh, he's a better – he's going to be a better shooter. He's more fluid. Aiton, I mean, he's not going to stumble like like Embiid often does. He's just so much more fluid and smooth. I think that's going to bode well for him, and I kind of see the potential in Aiton. So I think that I, I think that that Embiid has first of all Embiid's just bigger, like he's just he's he's just more solid, and that's that allows him to to just be a paint presence. And also, uh, Aiton's going to have a lot of work to do to to you know M- Embiid's kind of fluidity with his in, with his post game and, and mm. his ability to. To you know, but to pivot and 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 take his time and 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 get himself looks and just also his that the combination of that with his you know sheer power. I mean, that's mm. just. I mean, okay. Embiid is probably either him or Jokic are probably the best post scorers in the oh, league right sure, now. Yeah. Uh, and and I don't think you know they're among the few guys who. Uh, I don't think it's a very it's a good offense in the modern NBA to just dump the ball into a guy and let him let him work mm-hmm. with the with the exception of those two yeah um, right more or less <laughs> yeah you know um, and so that's that's I think that's a um, that's that's a pretty big difference and a pretty big gap that Aiden would have to overcome. Uh, Embiid has as of right now Embiid has a chance to be the best player on the floor every night. Uh, he has the chance to be the best player in a playoff series. Um, and I'm not saying that Aiton can't get there. Uh, and Booker's going to overtake him in all the games, so it's not yeah. like, he's, yeah. yeah, and that's kind of um, goes the whole thing of I think that uh, someone said this on Twitter, and I really kind of agreed. The Suns have been having people. Booker is easily the best player, and they've had three or four players that could be that are masquerading as the second best player, though they're all really should be third or fourth best players. Yeah, that's 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 that's, that's probably right. They need, I mean, again the. To be a contention level team, the 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 Suns are, are are going to need another player who's at kind of at or maybe even slightly above Booker's level, and then fill in underneath. Yeah. With you know, if you've got two guys who are that good, and then your the rest of your guys are you know your Kelly Oubre's and yeah. and and you know I, I I agree with you that I I'm a, I'm a big believer in Mikael Bridges yeah. and you know there's a lot there's, there's stuff to work with there, but I think that there is you know they they need you know, one or two more real kind of, I don't know, uh, you know, real blue chippers. And, yeah. You know, Aiden, Aiden is not that yet. Uh, Aiden could be that. Um, but, you know, just law, just law of averages, you know, you bet against, you know, anyone getting there because, you know, there's there's 20 top 20 players in the league. So yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a small um, target you're aiming at no matter what. So what what percent chance do you think Aiden has to overtake that? Is it five? Is it one? Is it? 20? I'm sorry, one more. What percentage chance would Aiton have to overtake and be to that level? Like, I'm thinking it's a small number anyway, but I mean, people are saying there's no you know, chance. I mean, you know, uh, if uh, especially if we take kind of in, like, you know, 
you know, instant career ending injury kind of stuff or, or, or like severe loss of ability through <laughs> kind of health related stuff yeah, off that. the table. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a pretty small number. Okay. Um, um, so obviously the Suns have to do some th- things, right? Uh, you've heard the stuff about like Carlton Towns, right? Is Carlton Towns good enough to be that blue chipper that you, I mean, he probably is, right? Um, I mean, yeah. Carl Anthony Towns is probably right on that, you know, that that similar line. Um, he's he's an interesting player because he is, you know, very dominant offensively, but is um, has just been a desperately poor defensive player at a very important defensive position. Like you can kind of get it. Like if your two guard is bad defensively, you can sort of get away with that. Mm-hmm. If your center is bad defensively, it's it, you just you can't be a good defense almost. So the question um, becomes like, do you do an Aiton, Cam Johnson, and filler and picks for Carlton Towns if you're the Suns based on how you want to structure a team? It's one of those, that's one of those that deals that might make sense for both teams and neither team would actually do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, as you know, that, that, uh, I, you know, I don't think, it, you know, that's, I think it's a pure hypothetical because oh, for I, sure. I think that the, the Timberwolves are not in any way, you know, going to move. You don't move uh, a you don't move a yeah. first year of his max contract team guy yeah. when he asks out in the first year. But that makes it, just this whole triple of Booker, uh, D'Angelo Russell, and Cat thing interesting because I don't want D'Angelo Russell and Booker playing together necessarily. Like it's like you kind of limit the ceiling on defensive potential, right? Yeah, and also like, are we do we are, do we know that D'Angelo Russell is good? That's what I okay. That's <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> like he's kind of good, but like, like okay, here we go. He's, There's no doubt that Booker will always be better than D'Angelo Russell, right? Like that's what I feel. I yeah, I don't want to say no doubt, but, but you like, know what I mean. Like yeah. Booker, Booker, like if if Booker is the primary guy in your team, you have a higher ceiling than if if Russell is the like, you know that. It's an expression that's kind of come into the discourse a lot in the last couple of years. Is a guy who's a floor raiser, and yes. that's Russell. He can he can soak up a lot of possessions, and they'll be fine. Yeah. But is he? But is but is he a guy who's going to you know take those possessions and make them great? Yeah. And you know, again, you look at you look at Booker this year. He's got a sixty three percent true shooting percentage on thirty percent usage. Incredible. Like that's 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 elite. Elite level. I mean, that's like Hall of Fame. Like like earlier in the yeah. season before his three point shooting fell off as he hurt his forearm, he was in the I looked this up, I did a bunch of research on this. He was like the only person ever to do a 50-50-90 for a while. He did it for like two months. And, and that's kind of the interesting thing about Booker is is this is this is we you know, we part of the reason we're we're having this conversation is as I, you know, wrote about him recently. And one of the things is, you know, he and the Suns and around the Suns have talked about not wanting to make him just a three-point shooter and you know despite his rep as like a, a, a bombs out gunner he's actually he's you know amongst high level perimeter scores he's a good but not great three-point shooter at the moment for like, sure like like relative to you know relative to guys like Steph Curry yeah or or even like a like a like a Bradley Beal or something like that like mm-hmm. just in terms of pure shooting he's, he's good but not great and so the fact that he does other things is actually like leaning into his strengths mm-hmm. more. He, you know, he he plays on the move. He, he plays quickly off the catch. He he posts up some. He does. He's a good. Lot of, oh man, he's good on the post. Oh my goodness, he's like 
taking he's like the Chauncey Billups taking people down and just destroying them in there. Uh, he has a 36.3% three-point surge for, for this year. It was obviously way higher. I would attribute this, and you probably – I'm curious if you agree with this, but, I mean, like, if Rubio had a higher usage or he had anybody else who was that actual second-best player, his three-point percentage would be – could be 42 for an entire season. Like, he's I, getting triple teamed all the time. <laughs> again, I have uh, – you know, there's there's some stuff you can look at. You look you can you can look at with the with the tracking data we have now. We can look at shooting splits in different ways. Uh-huh. And one of the ones that I kind of like to look at for sort of pure shooting ability is how does this guy shoot when he's just open? Uh, and you know the 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 best guys who are you know on like the you know the Steph Curry's the the the, the Bertans, Corver the, and Joe Joe Harris, Corver. The, the, the guys like that, they're all like high, like 45 and up in those, in those scenarios. Mm-hmm. And like, like Devin is, Devin is like 40, 42. Okay, like, so it's, it's, you know, good, but because that league average is around 38 ish in okay. those. So if you, if you like, that's obviously that's still a pretty good shot. 38% <laughs> yeah. three point. Yeah. But if so 42 is good, but again, he's not like that, that elite level shooter. He's a good shooter and he has some variety to his ability to get shots off. But he's working from, you know, kind of a, uh, I don't want to say a lower talent level, but not, you know, again, it's not, it's not Steph Curry as a jump shooter. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there are, there are grades of goodness in, yeah. in between there. And so that's, that's not his biggest strength. Mm-hmm. As his biggest strength is almost his, his ability to score in, the rim. in a variety. It, yeah, get to the rim, get to the free throw line. Uh, you know, play in different areas of the court. He is a, a very high efficiency mid range player. I don't think that even, you know, there's, again, few people in the league should want to live there, but if you can do, if you can play there enough that it opens up other parts of your game and, and other shots for your teammates, that's pretty valuable. And mm-hmm. he has that. Yeah, I mean, he, so that's he, where his yeah. strength is. It certainly is. I mean, he doesn't, he can pass pretty well. I mean, what's yeah. he at? Like, he's at six six assists a game, which, considering that he's not actually the point guard, is pretty good. Um, we have an actual point guard now. First time in a decade. Woo! Um, not really. Um, so, but actually, he's. someone said that, this was a great, great quote here, that, like, if you took away Devin's name and didn't know what position he played, you'd think he was a star power forward because he shoots, like, 70% at the rim or something like that. I thought that was incredible. No, he's. I mean, he's. This that's something that's really improved over the last couple of years. His ability to to get to the rim, finish at the rim, get to the line. He finishes um, so well. Yeah, and I think that, and I think that some a lot of that, especially this year, is again playing him off the ball more has allowed him to, you know, play on the move. He's and, and it's that's something that that as the league has gone more kind of pick and roll heavy, there's not as many players who kind of kind of. Uh, play as much kind of on the move anymore yeah um you know like jj reddick is 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 one ball he's in a very different style (laughs) but but you know there's not a lot of guys who kind of create movement off the ball quite the same way he does that's so true i mean i always love the one they do they don't do as much early late now in the season since they did it so much earlier the one where he just basically front cuts a guy from the from one of the uh, corners and just dunks on him (laughs) love that play I mean, and, and there's also, I mean, he, you know, you mentioned the post up. He also, you know, they'll 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 run they'll run actions where it looks like he's he's kind of setting a, a, a like a like a back screen or something mm-hmm. like that. 
and his defender will try to you know help on the screen and he'll just reverse pivot seal the guy and 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 post him out and and you know and then he's then you know he's he's got a, a size and strength advantage against most guys who are covering him and that's a it's a pretty good spot to be in it's a good spot to be in um so so going a little bit here to uh um obviously you heard this canard thing they want to trade like javon carter Kobo and whatever for for canard just to kind of consolidate some of those backup minutes and have Ty Jerome just be that extra extra person there. Um, what other kind of moves on the periphery with the because the Tyler Johnson ex, uh, contract is like the big chip that they can use. I think it's 19 million expiring, um, which is pretty crazy. Uh, and then also just some other stuff and some, they can do some moves around the periphery. What do you think they need or what do you think they should do uh, at the deadline here next week? Um, before kind of going and seeing what happens in the off season, um, you know, depending on the on the protections on that pick, I don't, I don't, in in a vacuum, I don't hate that move, but I'm kind of like the the canard rumor, and I just it's kind of, uh, I kind of just rather have the pick to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, like you kind of know what canard is, and and if you want that, you can kind of trade mm-hmm. for that. Okay. At a later date, but uh, you know, a, a pick just has they has some upside, and, and they still are our sons are still in a spot where they need they need to hit on some upside to to really progress. Like I don't, I, I you know, unless you're unless your 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 goal for the team is to be yeah, they'll be you know they'll they'll maybe top out at the fourth seed, be you know a frisky second round team. I think if you want if you want to have aspirations higher than that, then you need. You need more kind of top end talent, not just more functional, you know, above average talent. I think they, need, um, I think they need more actual NBA players than they have had this year, or last yeah. year. Um, and also, I keep forgetting about Cam Johnson. Like, if he play, he would he plays, he's better than he was billed at. And they got Saric and something else for him as well, uh, or in in for that trade. Um, so I, I think he actually is going to help him a lot. He's a good shooter. He's more than yeah. just a shooter, though, for sure. I think, I mean, I, again, I think that was, we talked at the start about kind of asset management. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, Cam Johnson is the kind of the player he was billed at, at but who's also given his value around the league leading into the draft. You know, maybe could you have, could you have, have got, if he was the guy you wanted, could you have, have done something to get him at 20? Didn't they, I mean, they went back to they went back to so, all trades, right? I think they started at yeah. six, and they went to like eight, and they went to eleven. Um, I obviously, I mean, that was fine. I think I said if you draft anybody in the top ten, you shouldn't. <laughs> and they went to eleven, which was nice. Um, but like, yeah, this whole Brandon Clark thing in there, and uh, he's been fine. Do you think he's been amazing at all? Uh he's been pretty good. Okay. okay. Uh, Brandon, so Brandon Clark was—he's a guy who was a kind of an analytical darling in uh, in, in in draft modeling, um, and then you kind of wonder how how his game like he's you know he's a, he's six seven with not huge wingspan and and questionable shooting range and questionable ball skills, and you wonder how that guy uh, that that player type fits in the modern game, and then you he gets to the NBA level and he is a you know he's an he's an A to A plus athlete at the NBA level, and that helps. And he's got you know he's got some touch and got some uh, got some got really good feel, and yeah. uh, so he's got a chance to be pretty good. Now, okay. 
is he going to be a all-star good or just like, man, that's a nice energy. That's a high level energy off the bench guy. That's a, a Minu. Uh, I mean, a, 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 a much better version yeah, of, of course of, of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, he's, he's certainly, you know, been more in line with what, what, uh, the kind of the stat models thought of him rather than the scouting consensus. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, yeah. What do you think of uh, what do you think of Uber and his potential, and what he's shown? Because he's, I wanted him before the Suns drafted that year, even the year he came out. Um, but I, I'm so glad they got him, and I think he's even built better than doing better than we thought. Um, what do you think his ceiling is? Like what he, anyway? What his average like uh, model like a, a ceiling, What he's going to get to? Um, I think I mean he's a pretty he's a a pretty solid player who's on a on a perfectly reasonable contract and he's a he's a a good player to have around um i would be in no rush to like move him but if it was if there was a a situation where where something was something better presented itself and and the decision was well we have to give up kelly Oubre in this deal uh, i think you'd do it because he's uh, and again, I'm talking about a situation where you're adding like clear upgrade in terms of top end talent. Like an all star um, as, as a line. I, not, I mean, not even necessarily, but like a, a guy who gets, you know, a guy who gets in the all star discussion. Who's the worst like, you player know, you would trade with? Ubre is the best piece. I know that's a hard question off the top. Yeah, that, but I mean, no. If you like, if you're, you know, you're it's, it's Ubre and you know Ubre and something small for a. You know, a top fifty-ish player on a good good contract. I think that's a, that's you know uh, you know that that's kind of. I think Ubre is 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 a good, solid, high rotation player mm-hmm. who will, who can play minutes on a on a good playoff team. Whether he's starting level on a on a good playoff team, maybe. Uh, but you know, they that's kind of where he tops out is maybe your 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 you know your your fifth best starter. Yeah, um, I, and he's good six you know, man, right? For the, that, yeah. Um, you, are you yeah, saying that's where he that, is now, or that's where he's gonna be? I mean, I think that's that's about where he is now. Is there still some room for improvement? Maybe, but like, you know, is he a is he a, a pure enough shooter? Is he a good enough ball handler? Does he defend well enough to to you know really break into kind of the even I don't know, even the Tobias Harris level of player. I think you can get to Tobias um, Harris, but not much higher. Yeah, because uh, I, mean, I think he like, does. That's... He defends pretty well, and uh, and he and he shoots. He's shooting better as the season goes along than he than he was last year even. Um, and he he doesn't really pass well, but he play. He can make something happen. That's a, kind of a rare thing for the Suns at least, but probably across the league, it's rare where you can go get a bucket without having to have the bucket made for you um, when you're not a and you're not, and but you are also a good defender. Um, he's actually the thing that's funny I say about him is he may be the poster child for um, impact on a team that doesn't get seen on the floor. That's not like that vet presence. He just like plays with this uh, and has this energy that everyone knows about, right? But like that sparks the suns constantly. It's amazing. That's that's one of those things that it's tough to quantify and like directly value, but that doesn't that doesn't mean it's something that's that's not important. So yeah. again, he's not someone you want to give away, and especially mm-hmm. that's that that uh, that sort of like quote unquote culture piece yeah. is is something you absolutely 
need to take into account if you, when you're deciding, you know, what to what to do with them. So yeah. I think that that's it's it's good to note that, but it's also you. I think it's it's kind of common, especially for teams that aren't that good yet, yeah. to sort of overvalue continuity mm-hmm. and culture. Um, you know, continuity and culture so is more important when you're a 55 win team, <laughs> uh, and it's something it's something you when you're a 35 win team, you're going to grow some continuity and culture as you get better. Mm-hmm. And but so, but hanging on to what you have when you're a 35 win team is like. Okay. Why? Why? Like, let's, let's, yeah. Although the question is, when you haven't made the playoffs in 10 years and you want to have a good culture so people want to come there, it's a little bit of a helpful thing as well. Yeah, but I, I, you know, a lot of times I think that the culture is sort of a trailing indicator of success rather than Mm. the, than the cause. Gotcha. That Um, makes sense. It's sort of, uh, this is, this is the sort of, you know, received wisdom is that, uh, um, you know, there's, 10% 10% of guys in the league are going to be awesome, you know, locker room teammate culture guys, no matter the situation. Okay. 10% of the guys are going to be knuckleheads, okay. no matter the situation. And the other 80% are going to kind of go either way, depending on the scenario. Interesting. So yeah, you, you, you want to make sure you have as few of the bottom 10% and as many of the top 10% as possible, but you know, there's not many of those around. Yeah. And so mostly you just want to be good. So mm-hmm. that your guys that are in the middle, like are are you know, happy to come to work because they're in a good situation. And just because it's a, a Suns Lakers thing, uh, the Lakers have took a list of all the top, the bottom ten people. Said we got LeBron, let's put them all on our team. They did it in one hour. Put all the knuckleheads in one team last year. That was fun, hilarious. Um, anyway, um, so uh, I was curious, like, if you were to, what do the Suns need to to make it on this periphery? Do they need a Backup point guard that is like it's himself good, um, so they're just going to stop having four of them. It was Javon and Ty Jerome and Akobo and whoever else was able to to fill those minutes for Rubio. Um, do they need to just do point Booker and add another wing? Um, hopefully, they can get Cam healthy and then have Bridges, Cam, and Ubre as well. Or do they need another big? What do you think they need to uh, to, to try to make this push for the eighth seed? With a young um, team. It, in terms of this year, I mean, I think that I, I, I don't think that the, like, frankly, I don't think the playoffs are, are super realistic mm. for them this year. And there's five games and, out right and, now. And I don't, and I, I don't, I, uh, and, and I, I'm not sure I would, you know, if you go on a huge run with what you have, great, but I'm not sure I would, you know, be chasing, I would be spending at future assets. Uh, I, I mean, I think, I mean, maybe you know, you as a longtime Suns fan might think differently, but I would say that this season is already a success. Mm, yeah. Um, just in terms of of like the growth you've seen in in, in Booker and 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 Aiton and and you know, again, and and playing, you know, not to be you know derogatory towards yeah. some of what you've seen in previous years, but your guys are playing real NBA basketball yep. this year. Yes, they are. And that's and that's that's not nothing. I remember when there forward. was no point guards because Archie Green was playing point guard and. They've had Alex Len and whoever else go play. Oh my goodness, my eyes. Anyway, um, so I, I think I definitely think success, especially if they get to like thirty-five wins or more. Um, I do like what we've seen from H and the changes. Ubre stating the two weeks of play we saw last year and improving on it, um, and showing everybody and every Booker as well as everybody what he can do when and what the Suns can do when they have enough vets. 
on the team, and they still don't have very many uh, in terms of ones that are playing. But also, I think it'd be really nice to see the second half of the season they can all get healthy and see actually what this team is. Because they even so they started seven and four, and then they got injured and and the and everything, and then uh, they got they didn't win a seven four another seven and four stretch, uh, yeah, and then they got think, injured again. I, I think that there's there's a little bit of of sort of 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 falseness to the seven and four start. I mean, a lot of you can this this happens every year yeah. to some team in the NBA where they get off to a little bit they they play decently, get off to a good start. And part of it is their opponents just haven't made a jump shot yeah. in in ten games, and and I think the Suns were kind of in that boat a little bit the first mm-hmm. the first ten games of the season where they they were catching they were playing well they were frisky uh, they, they they were much improved they were catching some teams off guard and then they caught some teams on some some better teams on some poor shooting nights and and you get some wins that way yeah now, part that's of not, it, yeah it's not sustainable but it's improvement but also uh, they and again yeah. So go ahead. Uh, they also had, I think, the first several games, they just were kind of seeing a little bit unsustainable opponent three-point percentage shooting. And that yeah, has that's, certainly that's regressed right. way to the other side. They're getting people, I mean, what was uh, uh, the guy on the Spurs, the shooter? Burns? Oh, uh, Bryn Forbes. Forbes. He yeah. shoots nine of them. He makes nine of them. I mean, he's been guarded. He was, like, guarded so well, so much. And this year, maybe this is just expectations, but it feels like uh, the Suns have had some rough calls. I mean, I think they have 13 losses by in one one possession losses this year. 13. That's incredible. Yeah, no, and, that, and that, again, that some of that is is you know being a, a young team, and 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 I, I almost want to say that given that that's something that's happened on a few different teams that he's been on, that might be a little bit of a of a of a of a Rubio thing. As mm-hmm. I. I I'm a big fan of, of Rubio, but like he's got some obvious limitations, and and they might rear their heads a little bit more in in kind of mm. close games as they do kind of in, in general play. I think it's funny um, though is the one where I think it was the Wizard, the Kings, where they someone fouled them at the beginning of the year on a half court shot, and they got three free throws to to tie the game to go to overtime. That was not that. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. Any final thoughts here on what the Suns should do, can do, what 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 you what you've seen from them that I haven't really haven't really talked about? We've kind of talked about it a lot, but I'm curious. No, I think it's I, I think so. I mean, you you know, for longtime Suns fans, I think you you've, you have recent experience with you know you were better than you thought you'd be at the start of the year, and then trying to you know jumpstart the process mm-hmm. and and kind of ending up taking a step back. Um, I mean, that was was at the. 13 14 yep, season where one. uh they won 40 some games they and part of that was they they had a they had a great record in close games and you know uh that dragage played out of his mind and, and Bledsoe and dragage were great and miles plumley was good and, and gerald you know, green they, yeah and and they <laughs> uh yeah and, yeah and it was just you know it's a little bit of lightning in the bottle and like oh we're so far ahead of schedule we're gonna we're gonna be a playoff team next year and they, you know, they found out that actually the baseline they were starting from wasn't actually like forty something wins. They were a, you know, a thirty eight win team that happened to win in the forties yeah. because you know they they ran pretty well. I will um, say so, that year. And, I was like, sorry, go, go finish your thought. No, and so just like being being kind of br- a little bit brutally honest. All right, we we improved. We still need to keep improving. We're not at the point where we're ready to go all in 
mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's definitely gonna, the case yeah you know like not not do anything silly and trade for a bunch of 32 year olds and yeah. and you know move draft picks and, and sign you know you know mediocre vets to to you know multi-year contracts yeah. like you know let's keep developing our keep developing the guys and 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 uh you know look to add pieces here and there that makes sense mm-hmm. but but you know you're targeting you're targeting you know two three years from now from when you when you think you're going to be really good that, that yeah. i think that's what i would and really you know, good not just like yeah like ne- next year next year you, you start thinking about okay we, we kind of want to make the playoffs yeah. and then but that's you know that's like okay you know you're aiming for the seventh seed mm-hmm. and if you if you overshoot, overshoot that great fine yeah. but like realistic goal like the western conference is still pretty tough it, yeah. and then and then you kind of grow into something more than that once you hit that goal that's that would be the sustainable plan that i would i would Advocate for, for sure. I will say back to that 13-14 season. I don't think there's anything more electric than a Gerald Green game that he goes off in. I don't. That is, <laughs> I don't know what those are games are just like. He's dunking everybody, shooting threes, and you're just like, well, I'm gonna ride this wave until it goes away because it will go away. Um, the most but, aggressive shot selection in, in the NBA. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Um, and also, I just I will never forget like the second game of the season. They they get forty eight wins right, and they're like, and they lose the playoffs by one game, miss the playoffs by one game. In the second game of the season, there was a goaltending that wasn't called, but someone put their finger through the net and touched the basketball through the through the net through the middle of the hoop and touched the basketball, and they didn't call it, and that cost them the game and therefore the playoffs. Oh my goodness, game two. Anyway, um, but that was so yeah. I think they're going to be uh, the Suns this year on on a better trajectory. I do think they need to sign some 25-year-old players, just kind of get the people who've been in the league who are younger, who have some shooting. They need to keep their shooting. They can create threes, but they just can't make them right now. Part of that's because Cam Johnson's injured. Part of it's people are um, very streaky, it looks like. Um, potential good three-point shooters, but nothing yet. And just the injury. So they need to get some depth, but they need to get the young depth that can be sustainable at um, good um, uh, contract levels. Yeah, and being again being selective, I think that that having you know Rubio on a on a you know reasonable and and not terribly long contract, and and Baines even though he's he's expiring, those are those you know having those solid professionals around until you you know I think you know you asked what they need. I think longer term they need they need a long term solution at point guard because yeah. Rubio has been a very solid, possibly even above average like veteran point guard. But, you know, again, to get kind of where they want to be, they need that guy who is a little bit more dynamic, uh, a guy who's probably more of a threat at the end of the games. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of that and sort of that, that you know, that, that bigger, stretchy forward spot are the yeah. two obvious, you know, areas for, I think, because I think obviously at, at two and three between, uh, you know, Booker, Bridges, and, and Ubre, yeah. they're in decent shape. And, you know, the, uh, there's no reason not to sort of ride it to see where he gets you yeah. uh, at, at the five. So it's kind of one in the four. And then obviously general depth as well. Yeah. But in terms of like your, your frontline players, those are the spots where I'd be, I'd be kind of looking at, uh, at, at, you know, the longer term upgrades. And, and that's why on the, the the similar age range. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's like the weird, the weird thought is like, what do you do with, if Gallinari is available for cheap enough to worry about it? Because um, he would be older, right? But still yeah. good, and you'd get him for probably a short contract or something, and it would really raise your ceiling and your floor, I think. Um, in terms of the point guard spot, right? Uh, 
I mean, the, the funniest part is when someone actually said that Rubio was the worst deal of the entire offseason. I was like, I do not understand that's possible. He's the 17th highest paid point guard in the league and plays at least that well. I didn't. I I didn't love that deal. I think it, in retrospect, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um. You know, and they're and they're also again in a spot where it was short enough that, to the extent it was an overpay, it doesn't hurt them because you know by the time it it will functionally matter, uh, it'll be the, the contract will be over. But there's so, one player that matters in Booker's contract. Every other contract is pretty whatever. Yeah. So. Um, with that, so thank you so much for coming on, Seth. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, um, why don't you plug your stuff, what you got going on at The Athletic, and uh, your Twitter handle, and we'll uh, get out of here. Yeah, no, so this uh, it being trade deadline week uh, at The Athletic, we've been doing a lot of uh, trade uh, trade previews, kind of doing some team-by-team previews, mm-hmm. as well as looking over all the league. Uh, ho- hopefully we'll get some trades, and, and we'll break them down in great detail, and then uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Seth Partnow. Uh, you all need to do that. I've been doing uh, following him for about five or six years or so, and it's fantastic. Um, such good insight. Always love to talk. I'm so glad to have him on the podcast. And my Twitter is at Eric underscore Sar, E-R-I-C underscore S-A-A-R. Um, this is the Solar Insights podcast. Uh, this is solarinsights.net on Spotify, iTunes, etc. Please go share it. Uh, read it, read a, do a review, a rating. I uh, really need to get this out there. Um, thank you so much, Seth, and have a great night, everybody. Mm-hmm.